You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Can you believe that it is literally the end of the week or first part of the uh, the new week if you're listening to us on Monday? I didn't realize yesterday was the last day of the week. I didn't know that. It's flying by. I was talking to uh, someone who recently and we were like, you know, it's only like a month and a half left of 2021. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm it's, looking it's down flying. at the, Yeah, I'm looking down at the date and I'm like, really? It's almost the end of the year? I mean, it's just it, it's it is it is really just it is flying by. And you know, time flies when you're having fun. Boy, we're having a lot of fun, aren't we? Yeah. We're, are we having fun yet? Are we having fun or what? Yeah. This is uh this is what it's all about. Are we having fun? You've got to have a little sense of humor in times like this. You have to, right? Because if you don't, now think about it. We're in the middle of a war. Are we not? Before I forget, before I get on one of these soapbox rants, how are you doing today? Well, healthy and alive. Yeah. Yourself? Um, I'm okay. I- I'm okay. Crazy stuff going on here, to say the least. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't think they even know what's going on. I think, honestly, I mm. think everything that they're doing right now, obviously, it's a smokescreen. We haven't quite figured out for what yet. We think it's the economic collapse because inflation just hit the highest levels this morning where I'm at in mainland, in the heart of mainland Europe, in Germany, inflation just hit the highest level since 1951. That is big news. Guess what's not being talked about on the news in the mainstream media here? No, they're not talking about record high inflation. No, they're not talking about that at all. Instead, what are they talking about? Oh, it's all those unvaccinated people that are causing this problem. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't, that's, I don't understand. That's the deflection. I don't understand how Fauci using him as the example, goes in and, and basically funds all this research for um, COVID-19, right, to create COVID-19. Yes. Uh, and then it accidentally, uh-huh, sure, accidentally gets released. Um, and then he's the one that's behind some of the pharmaceuticals that are being created, the vaccines, and he's making a buku of money. Mm-hmm. Why does he and the ilk that are on board with him that are making the money off of this, why do they think collapsing the entire world's economy with this is going to benefit them? Because they're going to be just as poor as the rest of us when inflation hits. Mm -hmm. Why does it benefit them? Because the only thing that matters going forward for them is power and control. They don't care about money. They haven't cared about money. Oh, yeah, they're going to be making profits now and they're going to be buying up assets. But that's what it's all about is acquiring assets, acquiring power, acquiring control and vertical integration, centralization. That's what it's about. Now, I spoke to Marty today. And for those who have not yet had the pleasure of hearing his considered and informed opinion that you will be welcome to, you will be hearing it first part of the week. He did say that he... uh, he will be back to give his two cents uh, at the beginning of the week, and we're really looking forward to that. He's been away for quite some time. People that have been hearing the intro that are new listeners are probably thinking, who's this Marty Foster guy? Well, you're going to find out. <laughs> you're going to find out. You're going to see why he is the fan favorite. But uh, he was he was asking me today, he said, how in the hell is Fauci still walking around? Which is the question I asked the other day. 
how in the hell is Fauci still walking around? It's a good question. It's a really good question. How's he walk? How's he still Very walking around? How are these people still walking around? How are any of these people still walking around? The answer? Because we haven't removed them yet. Now, you can take that however way you like, but we haven't removed them yet. We haven't started to fix that problem. And make no mistake, once we, once we the people regain control, we have a lot of work to do. That's when it really starts. We haven't started to go to work yet. That needs to be made very clear. Just because these people are in the process of falling and trying to drag all of us down with them, that doesn't mean that once they're dealt with, that it's over. That's when the work begins. We have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of rebuilding to do. We have to rebuild and pick up the pieces of this world that they have shattered. We have a lot of work to do. And it's going to take at least, as I said, it's, we need at least 20 years to fix this problem at a minimum, at a minimum. So we've got a lot of work ahead of us. But before we go down that road, let's deal with the problems at hand and let's talk about the events of the day. Rittenhouse trial is in. Got a clip from the verdict right here. The defendant will rise and face the jury and hearken to its verdicts. State of Wisconsin versus Kyle Rittenhouse. As to the first count of the information, Joseph Rosenbaum, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the second count of the information, Richard McGinnis, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the third count of the information, unknown male, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fourth count of the information, Anthony Huber, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. As to the fifth count of the information, Gage Grosskreutz, we the jury find the defendant, Kyle H. Rittenhouse, not guilty. Members of the jury. Not guilty on all counts. About time. That was, uh, that was uh, getting a bit concerning there for a while because, uh, you know, they kept deliberating, deliberating, deliberating. Uh, yeah, should have been an open and shut case. But um, yeah, that's the way it should have gone. And because of this verdict, you've got several people weighing in on this. And I had to, I had to go over to the, uh, the esteemed mayor of New York, Bill de Blasio. I had to toddle on over to his Twitter account. Bruce, you can clearly see this is Mayor de Blasio's verified Twitter account. The at uh, NYC mayor. This is Mayor Bill de Blasio. This is his actual account. You can see that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what the his uh, background is there. Uh, that's people that are um, looking at... Um, that the Statue of Liberty, you know, joining joining arms there. Um, that's that's what that is. Anyway, this was his uh, take on the verdict of the Kyle Rittenhouse case. He says the verdict is disgusting and it sends a horrible message to this country. Where is the justice in this? We can't let this go. We need stronger laws to stop violent extremism from within our own nation. Now is the time. Anthony Huber and Joseph Rosenbaum are victims. They should be alive today. The only reason they're not is because a violent, dangerous man chose to take a gun across state lines and start shooting people. To call this a miscarriage of justice is an understatement. They are defending a rapist and a pedophile yes. and a wife beater. Yes. That is what they're defending here. Yes. And a career criminal on top of that. Yes. The, the rapist, a child rapist, he raped five uh, between the ages of nine and 11. He has God. 40... Counts of, uh, was it like, um, uh, attacking guards, um, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. assaulting officers while he was in prison. Yeah. yeah. Assaulting officers, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. This dude is not a good dude. He was out of the loony bin 
after suicide attempt. And they just happened to let him out on the same day the riots were happening. He was out there yelling the N-word, shoot me N-word, shoot me N-word. He was yelling to Rittenhouse and the others that were there. Um, yeah, that that's mm -hmm. the kind of people that they're protecting yeah. and defending, calling heroes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, see, they, they were they, they were victims. Yeah, that, they were victims. That's that's a typical Marxist tactic is take the person and turn them into a, a symbol, kind of like they did with George Floyd. The president of the United States of America, Joe Biden, he released a statement on the matter. We'll talk about him here in a second, but I want to get to his statement, which I'm sure that he penned himself. I, I'm sure that he penned this himself because he had a he had a medical procedure done this morning. I'm sure that he's well within the the, the correct state of mind after being under anesthesia. I'm, I'm sure he's well within the correct state of mind to be writing a statement such as this. Listen to this statement by President Biden for immediate release, November 19th, 2021. While the verdict in Kenosha will leave many Americans feeling angry and concerned, myself included, we must acknowledge that the jury has spoken. I ran on a promise to bring Americans together. Yes, he's doing a really great job with that, isn't he? Because I believe that what unites he us is? is far greater than what divides us. Oh, that's too rich coming from you with vaccine mandates that are putting people out of work. I know that we're not going to heal our country's wounds overnight, but I remain steadfast in my commitment to do everything in my power to ensure that every American is treated equally with fairness and dignity under the law. I urge everyone to express their views peacefully, consistent with the rule of law. Violence and destruction of property have no place in our democracy. We're not a democracy. The White House and the federal authorities have been in close contact with Governor Evers' office to prepare for any outcome in this case. And I have spoken with the governor this afternoon and offered support and any assistance needed to ensure public safety. Doesn't that sound like he said it himself? I mean, if he were if he were sitting there in front of the TV cameras at the podium giving that speech, could you not see him giving that speech with such integrity and authority and and conviction? Could you not hear that? 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, 20 years ago. Not now. Yeah, not now. He, no. He doesn't have the faculties to do that. Do you know now. what this is? Do, do you know what this is? First and foremost, he didn't write this. Okay, that's the first thing. One of his speechwriters no. prepared this for him, and they, they released yeah. it. They didn't even let him say it. He could have just stood in front of a camera and read it off a teleprompter. He didn't even do that. They just released it. Do you know what they're doing? The White House is covering for the fact of what's going to happen in that city tonight. That's what they're doing. So when the violence does kick off and the destruction of property does kick off, they can say, wait a minute, we called for peace. But in the beginning, they didn't say that, did they? Will leave many Americans feeling yeah. angry and concerned, myself included. Uh huh. Yeah. So see, he's on your side without being on your side. What was uh, what was that about racist dog whistles? You know, they were saying that Trump did what? all the time. Yeah. All the dog. Yeah, they, they, I they, forgot they, about the dog. Yeah. Whistles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, what What would you call this? Uh, that's literally what this is. Uh, it's a It's a dog whistle for uh, extremism. To, to get those mm -hmm. rioters out there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know something there. Do, do you remember the um, do you remember last summer during the uh, the riots that were the fiery but mostly peaceful protests where police officers were murdered in the streets in cold blood and people were beaten profusely and businesses were destroyed and livelihoods were were, were ruined. Uh, but it was mostly peaceful. Do, do, do you remember those right when all of those pallets of bricks yeah. were just showing mm -hmm. up all over the place, all over the cities, yeah. they, they were just being placed somewhere. And it, funny enough, they didn't bother to leave or excuse me, they didn't bother to take the shipping labels off of them. They came from a company called the Acme Brick Company. You can go and look this up. The Acme Brick Company. Well, we looked into it. Who owns the Acme Brick Company? Well, it's a company called Berkshire Hathaway. Who owns the company called Berkshire Hathaway? Well, it's a guy named Warren Buffett. And who is the second largest shareholder in the company Berkshire Hathaway? Well, that's a guy named Bill Gates. 
you know something? <laughs> there are piles of bricks that are just randomly showing up on street corners all across Kenosha, Wisconsin today. I'm betting that if you start looking, you'll find that they came from the Acme Brick Company. Just a guess. That's just a guess. Yeah. I, I, the first time I seen that, by the way, when we were going over that, the Acme, the, the first thing I, I, I think of is uh, like, the Road Runner, Coyote, Coyote. And the Road Runner, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, everything was so, acting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's exactly what I thought of the first time, and that's the but level it, of lunacy that this. I was going to say it is Looney Tunes, isn't it? Yeah, it, it yeah. is Looney Tunes. You, you've got you've got Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, and that who's that scumbag lawyer they've got that works with Charlie Munger. That guy, you remember him? The guy that said, uh, the the Bitcoin is, I, I just, I'm so damn angry at the success of it. And the whole thing is just contradictory to what civilization means. <laughs> Charlie, you missed the boat on that one, pal. You, you missed the boat on that yeah. one. Yeah. They lose control. They lose power uh, with cryptos. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got Hillary Clinton out today saying that uh, cryptos could possibly destate. She's worried. Of course, she's concerned. She's concerned that cryptos could destabilize nations. Yeah, lady, that's the point. That's mm -hmm. the point. We don't want yeah. that centralized currency in the control of the central banks any longer. That's the point of it. Yeah, it's not. We're not intending to collapse economies and that kind of thing. Or, or But when you are threatening to make a centralized uh, digital currency that's ran at the Fed. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at doing everything through crypto as much as I possibly can, uh, because you don't need to have access to that information. Uh, that, that's, you need a warrant for that. Warrants? We don't need no stinking warrants. Lives are at stake, man. What's wrong with you? We don't have time for that. We don't have time to think. We have to act because it's within the, it, it, we have to, because lives are at stake. <laughs> That's, that's, that's what they the, do. That's the narrative. Yeah, that's, that's what they do. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Cryptos can destabilize nations. Okay. But anyway, yeah. Rittenhouse, not guilty on all charges. I have to say, uh, I, I, I have a little bit of confidence that is still in the American judicial system after this ruling. It wasn't political. The jury did the right thing. Now, there's probably going to be fallout. They're going to kick and scream and crow in the street. Honestly, it doesn't really matter. Because they're going to kick and scream and crow in the streets and do whatever and burn something down for something else. It doesn't matter. They're just using this yeah. as a wedge to create problems. That's all they're trying to do. Uh, and you've got the people I, out in front of the courthouse, you know, screaming bloody murder and saying he's a killer and blah, blah, blah. You know, the usuals. I commend the uh, the jury, though, in this yeah. because it, it, they were intimidated multiple times by, um, well, um, was it MSNBC had one of their... Uh, freelance agents out there <laughs> you, and you mean you mean somebody from the chinese communist party who was a freelance that MSNBC. was actually the producer <laughs> oh, I, I found out was that was the producer that was, it was instructing the, the freelancer yeah oh the freelancer was a male uh that uh -huh. he was pulled over for a traffic violation he ran a red light mm -hmm. or a stop sign or something like that following the the jurist van uh -huh. and um they pulled him over, come to find out that's why he was tailing them. And MSNBC said, oh, it, it, he wasn't out there doing if, if he was getting photographs. It was just so happened that they were there. It was not intended for the jury and blah, 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 all this stuff. about uh -huh. He wasn't intentionally ta tailing them. Uh -huh. Why, why did, why did the producer, producer? Yeah. Why did the producer delete all of her social media accounts? Exactly. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. After this came out immediately, she deleted all of her social medias. 
so when you look into it and uh, who she is and who he is, it all matches. Like the the profiles and everything match. It it fits the scenario. So that it was does. her. You know something. Speaking of speaking of the Chinese Communist Party, I read a story this morning. I don't know if you've heard about this. I doubt you have. Uh, I read a story this morning about a Chinese. A uh, professional tennis player has gone missing. Have you heard about this? No, no. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, this is uh, th- this is quite a big uh, a big story that's uh, that's popping up in uh, in various news outlets uh, throughout the world. And I doubt very seriously. That's why I said I, I doubt very seriously. You've heard about it uh, in the U.S. There is a Chinese tennis uh, professional tennis player who has gone missing. I can say right off the bat, the reason I haven't heard about it is uh-huh. it has to do with sports. Yeah. Okay. But th- there was there was something else that was behind it, though. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily that it had to do with sports. Uh, here it is. Peng uh, Shui. The UN has demanded uh, that the uh, excuse me has demanded Friday comes as the Women's Tennis Association threatens to ditch tournaments in China. And there's a lot of talk about ditching the uh, the the. Uh, winter games in, in Beijing or something, the Olympic Games in Beijing, or if it's going to be winter or something in 2022. And I think China has already said that they're not going to allow anyone in there. So wh- why are we even participating? I mean, they're threatening to pull the Olympic rings, you know, the, the iconic rings. They're threatening to pull the, even the logo from it. So, I mean, I, I don't know. But anyway, uh, this tennis player, um, they're saying here that the UN demand on Friday comes as the Women's Tennis Association threatens to ditch the tournaments in China, which would cost them millions in business. I mean, think about that. If you're going to have the uh, the Women's Tennis Association, which is worldwide, and you're going to have the tournaments in your country, do you know how much money that brings? Do you know how many, I mean, tennis, professional tennis, there's a lot of money in that. And the people that go to watch professional tennis, they are usually people that are pretty well off and they spend a lot of money. So that's going to be costing them millions and millions in not only just cash, but in businesses as well. So they're going to lose all that. They're going to lose all the tourism. They're going to lose all the uh, uh, all the business. They're going to lose all the hospitality, everything. They're saying that um, they're not going to attend the tournaments in China until this woman is found. Uh, and apparently, <laughs> apparently, uh, she put forth a uh, this this might come as a shock. Uh, she's not been seen in public since she posted accusations against former vice premier Zingao Li on her WeChat account, which uh, was shut down in minutes after she posted it. Something about um, an affair that they had for a long time and sexual assault allegations or something. I, I don't know. And now she's just her, her accounts disappeared and she's disappeared. And it's like she never existed. Um, uh huh. And apparently this this is a very big investor in uh, pharmaceutical companies as well. Now, I'm sure that that might not have anything to do with it. But uh, I mean, does that, doesn't that come as a shock to you? I mean, maybe she just slipped and fell somewhere. Yeah. Uh, no, no. You you come out and said uh, you were having an affair with the CCP head. Yeah, a uh, vice premier. No. You, <laughs> vice CCP. premier. Yeah, you're yeah, you, you, you and got you're claiming. Yeah. And you're claiming that it was assault. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, and on top of that, if you're saying that you, if, if you're saying you have let, let's just let's cut the assault part out of it. That That's what's being reported in, in some things. I, I'm not I'm not discussing the assault. That's not what it is. I'm specifically talking about an affair. The Chinese Communist Party, Marxist through and through, but you have to understand the Chinese Communist Party. There's more to it than just Marxism. It, you can't compare this to Marxism in the West. You can't do it. The Marxism under the Chinese Communist Party is something different. It is something very much different. They believe, the Chinese Communist Party, they believe in purity. That's what they believe in. They believe in having a strong family structure. Now, see, that's discouraged here with us. 
But with them, it has to be that way. Now, if you've got a professional tennis player that comes out and says that she was having an ongoing affair with the vice premier, that's not good for purity, is it? No, it's not. Jackie Chan. Everybody knows Jackie Chan, right? The famous actor. Even if you don't know his movies, you know him. Jackie Chan, the stunt, the guy that does his own stunt. I mean, he's, it's a Jackie Chan movie, right? What, what, I mean, what, what do you want? He's a good actor. He's a good stunt man, you know, and all that stuff. It's pretty cool, some of the stuff that he does. He does all of his own stunts. He has been wanting to join the Chinese Communist Party. He's openly said that. He's talked about how great they are and uh, and how, how much great work they do and, and, and all of that, but they won't let him join. Why not? Because he had an affair with someone else outside of his marriage. And they even had a child, I believe. And so therefore, he'll never be allowed to join the Chinese Communist Party because of that reason right there. This lady, this young lady comes out and makes that kind of an accusation. Oh, yeah. First of all, her, her WeChat... Her WeChat got shut down in minutes. That means that they were watching it in real yeah. time. Which means then, they knew. Which this means was they knew. Yeah. And now she's missing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to find her. You don't think? You think it's that? No, I think I, it's I, that. I, I think I think she's uh You think she's she's uh swimming with the fishes or something, really? something akin to that, whatever the Chinese do. I yeah. mean, this is a prominent person. Yeah, you know, this is this is so, this is a world this is a world athlete. This is a world class tennis athlete. Yeah, but an athlete is nothing compared to the vice premier or whatever it was. Uh huh. I mean Yeah. That's that's a high level that's high level. Things. That's high level party member. Yeah. 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 The hierarchy of things. That sounds like that would be a much more important position than a athlete. So I don't know. True. Yeah. I mean, it's optics, though, when it comes right when it comes right down to it. But yeah, yeah. It, why? The thing is, though, is you're you're going against a dictatorship and you're you're saying something that will get the dictatorship in trouble, if you will. Right. It makes the dictatorship look bad. They'll off you just as soon as anything else. Like, I don't I don't, I don't see why they she, wouldn't offer. Well, maybe she thought that she was a prominent enough person as in she was in the public light enough that they wouldn't do that. And they would just simply cancel her accounts or, or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I mean clearly, this, is, this is what I'm asking. But I mean, as you said, you're going up against a dictatorship. You go up against the dictatorship by yourself, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. Yeah. It takes a lot more than a single voice to go against the dictatorship. I admire this woman's courage if that's indeed what she did. But yes. that's um, that's that's the wrong time uh, for her to be making those uh, those accusations. Yeah, I would have recommended getting out of the country first. Exactly. And then making exactly. those allegations. Yeah. Get yourself in a position where you're overseas and you can defect if there's a place you can defect to. Not with one of these sellout governments that'll turn you over like we just turned over. Right. Did you know we just turned a Chinese banker back over to the Chinese Communist Party from the U.S.? Did you know that? No, I didn't. I actually yeah. hadn't heard of that. Yeah. Someone that is, had embezzled like, I want to say it was like $500 million from China and he defected to the U.S. We turned him back over. Are you kidding me? Oh, that. that oh, I mean... <laughs> Okay. I, I, I don't... I, I hope we got something sweet out of that deal, is all I'm saying, which you know... Uh, even even still, that uh, again, that's like a death sentence, so I... I and as we're... We got, uh, we got some stories rolling in here. Uh, as, we're, uh, as we're sitting here and we're, uh, uh, we're recording, we, uh, we've got some riots happening in the streets of Rotterdam against COVID restrictions. These are, as you can see, Bruce, these are police cars that are being set on fire. The Dutch are not happy. Uh, and quite frankly, I don't know of a single... Um, I don't know of a single country in the continent of Europe right now that is happy with what their government is doing with these ridiculous yeah. measures to hide their own guilt. I'm actually surprised it took them this long to uh, protest this way. 
Well, I think, uh, what was it that dear old Klaus said? Uh, I think we're going to see a more angry world uh, in the coming months, in the coming year. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll have to focus on creating a more fair world, a more equal world. Yeah, huh, yeah. The only reason it's becoming a more angry world is because you won't leave it alone. That's why it's exactly. becoming an angry world. So yeah. uh, leave it alone and let's fix this problem. See, the problem is, is, is if they leave it alone, they'll be phased out of existence. That's the problem. With all the changes that are coming, they won't be relevant at all. Every single person that's up there speaking now, Bill Gates and, and company and, and all these people, hell, even the Chinese Communist Party, with what's coming, they're all going to be made irrelevant. All of them. So it's important that we keep the pressure up on this right now. I said it yesterday. The reason they're behaving the way they're behaving is because they are afraid. Make no mistake about that. They're not on the offensive. They're on the defensive. 110%. They're trying to stomp out the coming revolt before it starts. That's all they're trying to do. What do tyrants always do? They always live in fear and paranoia, and they're guarding against a counter-revolution. They started it. We're going to finish it. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. You know, this is the other thing I don't really understand. The systems that they're they're talking about wanting to implement, the um, uh, basically using artificial intelligence to control mm -hmm. a populace. Yeah. What With I don't understand credit. is, yeah, social credit and all that. Um, when, when you get to art artificial intelligence, they don't care that the AI will have to be programmed each time the next generation comes, uh, with, um, who not to include in their system. Because, uh, for example, these elite, let's say they have Hang kids. On Hang on a minute. So you, Those you kids have to, are going to be under the system. You, you have to. Okay. So I understand you have to reprogram the entire algorithm when you add something. I wouldn't you, you say can't the, just, you can't I wouldn't just say reprogram the entire, I, I, what I'm getting at is, um, uh, they won't be under the system, the AI system, right? But then you, you're going to have to have, you have to have some fail safe as the elite, as the dictator, you have to have some kind of fail safe in the system to keep it from attacking you, right? So you're going to have to have that system that you can just hand out to whoever you want and continue that along with your, you know, as generations continue. So your kids aren't affected by it, assuming, you know. So my point is, aren't they aren't they concerned that uh, you might have a hacker group or something come in and just purge those IDs? No, 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 no. See, they're not concerned about that because you see what they're going to have to do to keep it safe. They're going to have to take over the internet infrastructure to, to keep it safe. They're going to have to take over everything with it to ensure that there aren't any hackers. They can't risk it being in the hands of, of just private citizens and, and businesses. They can't do that. So they're going to have to take over everything and they're going to have to put in internet IDs, which of course would be linked to your vaccination status. They'll have to put in internet IDs in order for you to be verified. So you, you can't you can't have anonymity online. You, you can't have any of that because you need to protect against data breaches. And so if there is a data breach, then you know exactly who did it. So see, they have to take everything over just, just to keep it safe which is, and to keep you safe. Which is precisely why something will be hacked, because in their efforts to try to protect things, it's only going to make it weaker and somebody is going to end up hacking it. And I don't see why they think they're so safe. I'm confused by this because it's going to be very easy for someone to to hack that system in theory. I mean, you don't even have to hack the system itself, the database. All you have to do is hack um, like the algorithm or, or, or something like the just 
a, a part of it, a component of it, and have them viewed as part of the system. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I just, I don't understand how they, how they think they're going to be outside the system uh, indefinitely. Uh, I guess it, it's, it's going to depend on how they, inter- how they install the system, if you will, how it functions, how it works. That's how it's going to, since we don't really know how that works yet. Maybe that's, maybe that's the, the key component, but they're wanting to use like, uh, where was it? Uh, there's a country that's already doing it. Um, they have, uh, what was it? Is it in Singapore? Um, are you talking about like the digital IDs? They've got digital IDs. They've got robot dogs going around ensuring social distancing. I'm like, they're, they're trying okay, to. Those, yeah, those I don't know. But I did, I did see a story a while back about uh, Argentina. Argentina has apparently all the digital ID system of everybody in the country. And a hacker got in there and stole the entire country's ID. Yeah. Like everybody's, yeah. like all Argentines have had their ID stolen. And it's now probably for sale on the dark web somewhere. Probably, yeah. But that that's my point is one, there's no security for the, the individuals. Uh, two, you're going to have robots helping in, uh, uh, ensure or, or, you know, run things uh, because you're not going to be able to get people. Well, I say you're not going to be able to get people, but uh, look at the um, look at COVID and look at how many law enforcement officers were willing to enforce mass mandates. Um, I mean, so maybe they can get people to do it, but um, the you would have to have some system in place that. Um, those robots recognize uh, the elite as uh, you know. Don't mess with them. So anyway, that was that was a side side trail there. Mm-hmm. We got more footage here rolling in from uh, from Rotterdam in the Netherlands, uh, and that's what we're watching. Looks like fire crews have been dispatched to uh, start putting out police cars that have been set on fire. Which you know what? That's typical for the Dutch, though. That that's typical. They uh, when they protest up there, I mean, they protest. You know, so I mean that's that, that's what they do, uh, and you know what? I I don't I don't blame them. I don't blame any European country that goes out and does this at the at this point in time. I I really don't. They're putting in restrictions here. They're pulling the tests, as I said they would do. As I said they would do. I said they're going to pull the tests before the end of the year, and that's what they're doing. They can't use the tests anymore. They got caught last year. They can't use them anymore. So they've pulled the test now. As of Thursday, because it's so dire, the the emergency because the the emergency is it, there. There's so many cases. It's it's just spinning out of control because of all the hospitals that are just crammed full of people, which are mostly vaccinated. But it's so dire. It's so dire that they have to put the the passports in on Thursday instead of immediately. They have to wait until next Thursday to do it because it's such an emergency. You can obviously, Bruce, you can see the urgency. Yeah, you, you can see uh, how, how desperate the situation yeah. is. Um, yeah. Uh, to those protesters out there and on the verge of being rioters, I actually will support them as long as they keep it contained to yes. government vehicles. And right buildings. now. Yes. Right now. They're, they're not protesting. Yes. They're not destroying businesses. That That's not what they're doing. The Dutch really don't have a history of doing that uh, when when they go out there in the streets. They'll set some fires and they'll, you know, stack up bicycles and create barricades, kind of like the French do. You know, the French, the, the, the French will, <laughs> quite frankly, the French have come up with the best protest ideas I've seen in all of this. They've come up with some of the best stuff. I mean, the farmers, the, fa- the farmers filled up their manure spreaders and dumped them in front of the government buildings and then turned them on in front of the government buildings. That's what you do. That's what you do. The, uh, the yellow vest, the gilets jaunes, they showed up with wheelbarrows and flatbed trucks full of bricks and they were mixing up mortar on the sidewalk next to the parliament buildings, and they were bricking up the parliament building so the politicians couldn't get in there 
and create more garbage legislation. That's creative. That's creative right there. I, I like that. That That is a protest. The picnics? I love the picnics. The, the French are doing that. The Swiss are doing that. The Italians are doing that. Uh, the, uh, the Australians are doing that now. The picnics. The Canadians are doing it. I like it. I like it. Uh, but this, as you can clearly see, they're not, uh, they're not, uh, all those businesses that are there, which they can't go in, by the way, uh, all those businesses that are there, they're not going out and burning those businesses. I mean, those businesses have glass walls and glass doors on them. You can see it clearly. And they're not burning them out. They're not smashing those out. They're not looting. Yeah. At this point, if this were, I don't know, two years ago and people were protesting and this is what they were doing, they were burning like police vehicles and, and that kind of stuff. I would have been like, eh, guys, chillax. You don't, you yeah. don't need to be doing it. Now I'm kind of like, Good on Law you. enforcement guys, you, you guys are, yeah, exactly. Good on you. Uh, you, you guys are just as much of the problem at, at this point. Uh, I know there's good ones out there, but you, it's time, honestly, you, it's time, it's time yeah. for them to come on the winning side. Uh, it's, seriously, it's, it's time. This, this right now, this is the time. This winter, this winter will be the tipping point. It is time for the police. It is time for you to come over to the winning side. We'll back you. Yeah. We'll, we'll give you hugs. We'll welcome you in. Yeah, we'll bring you into the fold. Don't don't go up there and get on board with these losers. Don't do that. They're going to throw you overboard anyway. They'll kill you and your families. Make no mistake about that. We won't do that. But you need to come onto the right side. You need to come onto the right side of the aisle. And you need to help us help you. And by that, I mean, you need to help us help you by arresting your bosses. That's what we need. That's what we need going forward. Because we're arresting down and we need to be arresting up. Yeah. We need to be arresting the people that are triggering this. Yes. The, the thing is, um, do you really think there, there's a lot of information that's come out about Fauci and the um, um, where the viruses came from, where the funding for the virus came from? Um, and yes, I, I did not misspeak. I mean, virus, uh, uh -huh. COVID-19, um, where it came from and uh, all the funding behind it, the funding behind uh, the vaccine. Uh, Moderna is effectively owned 50-50 with uh, the U.S. government. We paid for half of the research for it. Um, literally the research for the virus, the gain of function and all of that, um, and how the virus is produced and everything was quietly handed over to, there's like a hundred and some pages of documents uh, between uh, Moderna and the government. And that, anyway, there's just so much going on between with all of this and I don't see it. I don't see uh, I don't see Fauci going to jail for this. I don't see any of them because of the current administration. Nothing's going to be done about it unless we, you know, stand up and, and, and protest this. Do you know what? Before we uh, before we move on here, because we're actually going to roll right into Fauci. I've got some some audio here of Fauci. Do you want me to pull that clip of him with Senator uh, Senator Marshall about the uh, about the S1 spike? I mean, we can for reference. We can also just summarize it as well. Yeah, because it would take me a minute to actually hunt it, hunt it down. But yeah, OK. Anyway, you get the idea. OK, so the, basically the thing was, is he was asking him point blank about the S1 spike protein. He said, wait a minute. Um, do you want to explain how the S1 spike protein from the research from the Wuhan lab? Do, do you want to explain to me how that is the exact same spike pro uh, that you funded? Do you want to explain to me how that's the exact same spike protein that is now on the SARS-CoV-2 virus that we're seeing in the population? And he says, I I'm sorry, what, what did you mean, Senator? I, I, I don't understand the question. <laughs> And keep is in mind, a, is that a paper that, that is that a paper you're referencing? Yeah. And keep in mind that S1 spike protein that they're referencing was initially started and created in North Carolina. That that research initially started. I, I, I think um, there was um, another well-known uh, broadcaster 
uh, did a, an expose on all of this. And I think it was 2003 or so is mm -hmm. when all this started. Uh-huh. Uh, the research for it and the funding and everything. So, yeah. Uh, just for sake, I do have the clip and it's right here. That led to this, uh, an S1 spike that looks very similar, if not exactly, to what's on the COVID-19 spike. Um, what are you referring to, Senator? Can you please be more specific? Yeah. So I'm talking about the S1 subunit of the current COVID-19 spike. Yeah, what, what about it? I'm, I mean, are you talking about an experiment? Are you talking about a paper that was published? So I'm talking about uh, viral research that was done using NIH funding with the North Carolina lab, and Dr. Shi developed this S1 subunit spike that looks exactly like what we have on the current COVID-19 spike. Yeah. Is that not true? No, I, I, I'm not sure exactly what you're referring to. Are you referring uh. to the paper <laughs> of Barrick and Shi and Nature Immunology? Is that what you're referring I, I need to know specifically. Yeah, so Dr. Barrick and Shi printed... Uh, studies on the this S1 unit that was basically the development of the key to the door that was specifically took a the original SARS virus and made it so it would bond to the human lung cells. No, there was no gain. If you're referring, Senator, to gain of function by the definition. Okay, I mean, that's not my question. Well, but would, well you, would you agree that, that the, when, the spike that was developed there is what's also on the current? Yeah, but that's that's, ir that's irrelevant to anything until you no. have a context in which you're a putting cut. it. You're <laughs> talking about an S1 and a spike in what context? If you're talking about a paper that was written by them. But, but you agree or disagree that it's the same spike? I'm not sure what you're talking about, Senator. I'm really oh, yes, not sure what you're talking about. Okay, thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, uh -huh. Senator Casey. Yeah, you get the idea. Yeah, um, by the way, uh, what the senator was talking about there, that um, S1 spike protein that's in the uh, SARS-CoV-2, um, they tried to take the original SARS-CoV-1, the alpha strain, and they tried to reinfect bats with that. Uh, take a wild guess what happened. Um, they couldn't do it? Exactly the virus would not take it it would not replicate inside of a bat so they had to develop a whole new one so it may have originally originated in a bat but then they added the s1 spike protein they they um the other problem uh to what you're referring are, are you talking about uh gain of function research you, you do you know who defines gain of function research do you know who makes that definition? Who changes that definition? Yes. The, the squirrely little man sitting there in front of the senator. He's the one that defines what uh, gain-of-function research is. So when we come at him and say, what's the S1 spike protein nonsense with the... Uh, are you referring to gain-of-function? Because that's not gain-of-function research. That is exactly what gain-of-function research is. Yeah, it's it's and Senator Paul called him on it. He called him on it. He says, you yeah. you just changed the definition of gain of function. And he says, well, no, that's not what gain of function is. He says, well, of course, it's not what it is because you changed the definition of it. Mm -hmm. And then anyway. when the uh, they, they banned uh, the gain of function research here in the United States, when they banned that uh, and they banned the funding, they uh, continued and said, Oh, the, the research you're doing uh, over there with the uh, SARS virus, that is not gain of function and we'll continue funding you. Right. Yeah, sure. Fauci says that uh, COVID-19 boosters might become the new standard for being vaccinated. This was the conference, uh, I believe it was the conference call with um, 
Uh, looks like the Surgeon General uh, Murthy, Dr. Fauci, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky, and then this uh, HHS Director, whatever his name is. Uh, this was that call. You can just talk a little bit more about your sort of deliberations over making this decision, which uh, many of us in the media have portrayed as you overruling um, the advisory committee. And your uh, press release came out after midnight last night, suggesting perhaps this really was a tough decision. And some have said this could undermine confidence in the process where we saw the advisors go one way and you go another. I did just talk with one of the advisors who voted no, and she said she actually felt like you listened. And by putting the May language in there, that you really took what she was worried about, at least into account. But are you worried um, about how this will appear and perhaps shape confidence in the process? Thank you, Meg, for that question. I want to be very clear that I did not overrule um, an advisory committee. This wasn't, um, I oh, listened yes, to did. all of the proceedings of the of the FDA advisory committee and intently listened to this exceptional group of scientists that publicly and very transparently transparently deliberated mm -hmm. for hours over some okay. of these uh -huh. very difficult questions and where the science um, uh, was. What about the doctors that um, told you no? After those deliberations, I listened to the votes. I listened to the comments on the votes. And this was a scientific close call. And I think you could tell by the duration oh. of the meeting um, and, the, and the discussions that this was a scientific close call. In that situation, mm -hmm. um, it was my call to make. Um, in the, if I had been in the room, I would have voted yes. And um, that was, um, yes, how uh, my recommendations came out after listening to, to all of their scientific deliberations. To the extent that people are concerned about confidence, I would say they should listen to the deliberations themselves. We did it publicly, we did it transparently, and we did it with some of the best scientists in the country. You know, we listened. Uh, that's not the clip I thought it was, but uh, that, but that's okay because there was a lot of uh, a lot of telling information in there. You know, we listened to those before. We've listened to those calls before. The last time that they ran this through, and the people that they had on there said, "You cannot approve these. You you can't do that because we're looking at horrendous numbers of people that are having adverse reactions and and suffering death now, and you're just giving them more of the same." Have you people lost your minds? Yeah, and it doesn't yes. work against it doesn't work against uh, the new variants. So what? Why would you? Why would you continue giving this? Like, why would you continue with this? Falls on well, deaf ears. Yeah, it, it falls on deaf ears. They're they're stuck in that in that feedback loop. They're just they're they're not going to hear. They're they're stuck in their own little house of insanity or or whatever it is. Uh, but anyway, that's 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 actually that that was a good clip of uh, of what's her name, the script reader there. Um, that's uh, that that's that's ridiculous. You know, when they first voted no unanimously on the boosters, which are just more of the same, as you said, when they first voted no unanimously on the boosters, what happened? They over they tried to over Fauci and company tried to override them anyway. You had two people quit at the FDA. The top vaccine department head at the FDA walked. That would be big news. I would think the media didn't even touch it if it happened under Trump. Oh, yeah. This oh. would have been oh, it would have been yeah. plastered all over every paper. Yeah, but that's not what happened. That's not what happened. It was barely paid attention to. So what? What did they do? They changed out the people they needed to change out, and now they've got the votes that they need. That's all they did. It's kind of like the European Union. You voted no. Okay, well we're going to vote again. Oh, you still voted it. Well, we need to vote again. That's what they did with Brexit. Yeah. Oh well, we need to we need to have another vote. Oh, you you voted no uh, twice. Okay. Um, well, we'll give you COVID. And now you need passports to travel everywhere, just like you did before. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. But regardless, uh, Fauci's now saying that uh, you'll need three. Uh, we did discuss this earlier in the week. This is now going to be part of your standard regimen. Uh, and you know what? That's following. That is following suit. 
You've got uh, Sajid Javid, the UK health minister, who is out today. The British people need to get booster jabs to count as fully vaccinated to go on foreign holidays in due course, says Sajid Javid, the UK health secretary, who's a banker, by the way, just like the the German health secretary. He's a a banker. Uh, How how is it that these banker boys actually get to be in positions advising on health? That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. He said, in due course, we will have to look at what constitutes vaccination. It's something we have to keep under review. I can't rule that out. And we know that the vaccines do wane. And it's important that where necessary, people get a top up. We're not looking at that yet. We are very focused on our booster program, which you know what that means. That means Um, we're looking at it. And yeah, this is this is exactly what Dr. Michael Yaden warned about. He says the top up vaccines, he says you will be dead from toxicity once you start taking these boosters. You will be. There's no way around that. You you also run into the problem of uh, you're going to become dependent on these vaccines as time progresses Mm -hmm. and you keep doing this. You're going to you're going to have to get a vaccine. Because the viruses that come out, your body won't fight against. You know, I, I heard that this is essentially what they're doing. And, and I think that this is the big red elephant in the room that no one wants to uh, address. This is, as you continue down this road, as you're saying, your body will not have an immune system. So you'll have to keep going back to them to keep you alive uh, see, because you need them now. That's, that's what it is. They're taking your immune system away from you. That's what they're doing. They're trying to play God with a little G. That's what they're trying to do. That's the hidden message, I believe, in all of this. Is they're they're essentially? I'll tell you what they're doing. In reality, if you want to put a if you want to put a label on it, they're turning people into AIDS patients. Because what happens? People that have uh, people that have AIDS, they don't have an immune system, do they? That's what they're doing. They're turning people into AIDS patients. So if you come across anything, oh, guess what? By decree from what they've done after H one N one in two thousand and eight. We have a pandemic and everybody has to get vaccinated because we have an outbreak of cases. Of course, that can be anything they say now. You don't have to have widespread death to be considered a pandemic anymore. But of course, you got Bill Gates running around talking about how, uh, well, we need to create a world police force for, uh, uh, for, for viral outbreaks. Why is this man even speaking? I, I, have, I have yet to figure this out, but this is, again, what we were talking about yesterday. You've got Fauci running around still. Why? Why is George Soros still running? Why, why are any of these people still running around? Any normal, sane, thinking society would have these pieces of trash in handcuffs any day of the week, even for making threats like that. If I were to go out and make threats like Bill Gates makes threats, I would be in jail. And so would you. And rightfully so. You know, um, we didn't know this as the American people. They've been wargaming these exact scenarios for at least 20 years, at least. Yeah, Uh, I would. Probably a uh, wager. It's probably been since the '80s they've been uh, wargaming this. Um, but we 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 went over a paper last night of uh, uh, some of the um, war games they did in the early 2000s. Um, it's almost identical to what they're doing now. The lockdowns, the uh, the uh, mandatory vaccinations, the mask mandates, the social distancing, no all of it's the same. No therapeutics. That, yeah, that that's something in all of these war games. There's never any therapeutics in any always of these. Vaccines. Always it's vaccines. Always straight to vaccines. Always. And yet we have ivermectin, which is like on the on the antiviral scale. It's like the top of the list. And it's not just the top of the list. It's like the top of the list three times over. Like it, it, the next runner up is hydroxychloroquine. And it's a third as effective. Uh, almost a third. It, it's it's like two and two and a half, two and three quarters. It, it's 
I, I, I don't understand why. No, I do understand, but I don't, I don't know what to say to it anymore. They, this is this is something that's been in the works for a long time, and they've been intending to do exactly this for a long time. As we were reading down through uh, one of the war games, it's funny, the uh, the war game we looked at last night was called Dark Winter. It was ran in the midsummer of 2001, and it was wargaming a smallpox outbreak. Isn't that what Bill Gates just said a couple of weeks ago? Oh, we need to wargame uh, a smallpox outbreak uh, at 10 airports. We, we need to do that. And then, voila, the FBI finds four or five vials labeled smallpox sitting outside of a Merck lab in Philadelphia a few days ago. Huh. Keep in mind, there's only two laboratories in the in the world that has smallpox. There's one in the U.S. and one in Russia. Those, mm-hmm. are, those are supposed to be the only two that have smallpox. And why do we still have those? Um, I believe the argument is in case there is ever an outbreak again, somehow, like uh, say the Russians use it. We'll have a sample of it to create uh, vaccines. Supposedly, that's the the argument. But we were we were discussing last night. I mean, it was of course we're not we're not lab people. GP might know this. I mean, maybe we maybe we should ask him. But the properties that ivermectin has. I mean, the idea there is is that it knocks out viral replication in vitro. That's the point. And oddly, that was developed by Merck. It was their product. I mean, that's that's what they did. They won a Nobel Prize for it in what was it, 2016? I believe it was for use in humans. 15 or 16. Yeah, one of those two. Yeah. Yeah. And why wouldn't it? I mean, smallpox is a virus, as you were saying last night. Why? Why wouldn't that? uh, Why wouldn't that be effective? Maybe I'm missing something here. I I don't know. But it stands to reason if it is a viral uh, uh, infection and then you've got replication, obviously, in the body, then it stands to reason that that might be a therapeutic option. But again, the war game we were looking at and all the war games we've looked at thus far, nothing for therapeutics. Nothing. No, no. You should at least uh, in those war games, um, it should be uh, found that, oh, hey, we, we have a therapeutic that might be effective. Maybe we should fund some research into seeing how effective uh, this drug would be in uh, helping mitigate this because in the scenario, they weren't able to produce enough vaccines fast enough to vaccinate the population. Smallpox has about a 30% fatality rate. Um, so the, you were having people get sick. They were causing, um, uh, you know, shutdowns. It was causing uh, loss of food or, you know, food shortages. It was causing um, all kinds of panic and whatnot. And basically there was uh, infighting and, and the elite were the only ones getting the vaccines down, you know, down towards the end. And it was basically a collapse of society. Why, instead of having a collapse of society, why don't we research, you know, send some money at research to see if uh, maybe maybe ivermectin would work against this virus or any virus, potentially. See how see how good it is against any viral contagion. Um, and, you know, maybe have that stored up and ready to go in case there is a... a um, scenario where there is a, a, a biological warfare that happens. Maybe perhaps ivermectin might be a stopgap until you get a vaccine that's available to to combat it. Um, but no, we, we had to go straight to making vaccines and not just vaccines, but mRNA based vaccines that in the lab killed 100 percent of the, the subjects, test subjects. Um, why the hell would I want to take a vaccine that's made from that technology? Well, Gates and company are saying that all vaccines going forward are going to be mRNA. But again, it's not. I mean, that right there is going to turn me off of it. But the um, the thing that you were looking at in that war game we were we were looking at last night, the the smallpox one, when they were wargaming it out 
And that's a very important uh, war game to look at. Maybe we should post that so people can see it. But as but again, it's all it was all a war game. It was a tabletop exercise. It wasn't real. Yeah, um, right. But they um, some of the names in there are, are are real. Obviously, they're using real people, real places, real companies, and things like that. But that's the idea of a war game. You want to simulate what would actually happen. But you pointed out about vaccines in that war game that that was like two to three years down the road that they were being rolled out. But even then, it was considered emergency use. It wasn't even approval after two to three years that they were wargaming. Yeah. So they were doing what was the war game was in 2001. And I think it was 2004 when the first vaccines would start rolling out. So you had you had under emergency three years Uh, under under emergency emergency use. use. Yeah. So you had two and a half, three years of um uh, basically everything going down like this, uh, everything, society collapsing, if you will, uh, the the virus spreading, uh, the government's doing lockdowns, government's doing, um, you know, mitigation methods, uh, forcibly uh, um, isolating people uh, if you're if you test positive. Um, some people contact were not getting tracing. proper treatment, contact tracing, all the stuff that we've seen with this one was war gamed out in that one feet of physical distancing (laughs) yeah literally that was that was in that document uh it 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 all was in there it's like spreading by particulates you know uh you know so if you'd sneeze or cough or whatever so you had to stay at least the the five feet apart or six feet apart and the, it, the infection it was all in there. The infection. It was nine to fourteen days before you would start showing symptoms, but you had to have a vaccine within what was it, three to four days? Yeah, three to four days uh, before so, symptom before onset. Symptoms. Okay, so they were saying it was a nine-day delay on symptoms, but it was yeah. Okay, so you had a nine-day delay. So what what does that mean? You have to get vaccinated before you show symptoms, just as a precautionary measure. Yeah. So you, so basically, everybody would have to be vaccinated in that uh-huh. scenario. Yeah. Kind of like what we're seeing now. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, they're saying that now it's going to be universal vaccination across the board in a lot of these European countries. Do you know that they've actually shut down the under thirties for receiving a vaccine in a lot of these countries? How's that going to work? What? So the under thirties can't participate in life? What, what what about those? Here, here's the next question. What about those of us that have already had it before even any of this checking system came into to play? Like, what, what about those of us that had it that didn't go to the doctor but nursed our way through it? So what, we're not recovered now? Is that is that how it works? Now what? So we, we got to go take a, a jab now when we're actually in reality, we're more protected than someone that's actually got it? 27 times more protected. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are going to have to go. We're just going to go ahead and call this one done. But it's been a uh, fantastic exclusive. Uh, so I want to thank you for being here today, Bruce. I want to thank all of the listeners. I want everyone to have a fantastic weekend. If you're listening to us on Monday, have a great evening and we will see all of you tomorrow.